It's been a long time since I've had a guest on the podcast, and this special guest today is me. (laughs) Well, it's kind of me. Well, okay, I'm always on the podcast, but today I have a special guest, Andriana Frost, a friend of mine and also a professor in the field of psychology, who interviews me about my journey after studying psychology and what I've done with my degree or what I've done with my life. So if you're interested in learning the journey of how I've come to where I am today and how I see what I do, or if you're a student in the field of psychology, counseling, social work, or any related field, and you're interested in what one person did with their degree, you can check out this podcast. The Embody Podcast accompanies you on your journey of remembering and embodying your true nature, integration, and alignment with your vibrational clarity, self-love, and living a life of beauty and wholeness. It's a menu of transformative healing tools, experientials, meditations, and practices from a blend of family constellations, somatic therapies, and holistic and spiritual practices sprinkled with vulnerable conversations with people who have the courage to be themselves, alive now episodes with updates on my personal process, and reverie episodes that are spiritual succulents that honor, reveal, hug, shake, or stir you into love. I'm your host, Candice Wu, integrative and intuitive healing facilitator and artist. Thanks so much for jumping in today. I'm really excited to share with you this podcast episode with my friend, Andriana Frost. She is a teaching associate in the Department of Psychology at Westchester University of Pennsylvania, and she wanted to touch in with me to talk about my journey so that her students could learn about different ways that you can use psychology or um, different things you can do with your degree once you finish studying. And my life has been kind of like fitting into structures and then stepping out. So she thought that it would be interesting to interview me here. And I really enjoyed the interview. Andriana and I met in the group relations Tavistock group process world. And I may have talked about that a few times on the podcast, but it's basically very intense processes on taking a look at the systems that we create and live in. Um, in vivo in in this group with strangers typically. But um, we did a lot of diving into thick and juicy topics like power, race, ethnicity, authority, um, self-agency within power dynamics, um, difference and how that affects who we perceive has power and our own roles in it. So that's the nature of our connection. And it's It's been fun being in those processes with her, getting to know her. So if you want to, you can see the interview in a video and audio version on YouTube. I will link that in the show notes, or you can find it at the link to this episode at candicewu.com slash life journey interview. So I'm going to stop talking now. We're going to jump into the interview. Enjoy. 
right. So welcome, students. I am so excited to introduce Candice to you all today. Um, so Candice and I have been friends now for a number of years. We had met um, probably, I would say, almost six years ago, five or six years ago um, at a conference. And then since then, um, we've been kind of off and on communicating and working together in a couple of different capacities, but um, specifically working together at uh, group relations conferences. So again, I'm so excited to introduce uh, Candice today to you. She has just such a wealth um, of experiences, rich experiences that I think um, will be, you know, really interesting and exciting to learn and hear about. So welcome, Candice. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here and um, so wonderful to be able to talk to all of you that are listening and um, thanks for tuning in. Absolutely. So Candice, um, why don't we start out by maybe chatting a little bit about what you currently are doing? What What is your job or your passion that you're pursuing? What are you currently doing? You know, for me, that's a question I'm asking practically every day. <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's sort of the meta, like what's going on inside of me, because uh, what I have been doing has been very heart-based and based on what I want to do for me. Um, and I feel the empowerment to create that day-to-day, -day, and it changes day-to-day. -day. So um, some things don't change, though. So I'll describe that, and then maybe we can circle back around. But um, for the last about three and a half years, I have been uh, practicing as a holistic healing facilitator. That's a title I have given myself uh, because I've basically taken all of the experiences and training and um, skills that I've had and then the desires I've had to create some create this form of what I do that is my passion in the world. And um, I did decide about three and a half years ago to start traveling the world and doing my healing work. So that lent itself to some considerations like, how am I supposed to do this in a way that's ethical, given, you know, what the typical ethical standards are in the psychology realm, in the therapy realm, counseling realm, which is where I came from. So um, as a holistic healing facilitator, I'm working with people to feel good in their bodies. It's all embodied and experiential, meaning that I guide people to get in their bodies if they're not, or tune into what's going on inside and help them navigate their feelings, the sensations that are happening, um, whatever stops them with whether that's trauma or some belief sets or some habits or ways of being, whatever stops them from feeling like they are themselves and they are feeling um, good in the world with where they want to go in the world. So I, I support people in a lot of self-love practices, um, healing up ancestral trauma. So I do the process called family constellations, which really shows in an experiential way what kind of intergenerational trauma or losses or impact um, has kind of been inherited down the line as well as like integrated into your body and the mm -hmm. way you feel and the way you move in the world. So that, and I also work with past life experiences if that's something my client um, feels inclined to go towards. Um, and a lot of developmental 
trauma and relational trauma and um, some multi, like inter, I don't know the word for it really. It's like dimensional experiences, experiences people have that just don't seem like they belong in this construct of this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's mainly, you know, my day to day. I've designed my work schedule completely how I want it. And right now I work three times a week or two. And the rest of the time, I'm just doing some other things, which um, I'll say more about. But I feel like all of my self-work, all of what my desires are and what brings me peace and pleasure in the world really interweave with who I attract in terms of my clients or in my life and how I'm able to be in my practice to support people in their healing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I see clients and then I have the Embody podcast, which I started two years ago. And um, that is a podcast that has some interviews with people, different practitioners, healers, uh, wellness people, as well as just topics that I bring up and um, guide people through experiences to heal. Some are meditations and some are just tools. And um, other times I'm being really vulnerable in the podcast, just sharing about what's going on in me and my process, which is really interesting to come from, you know, a psychology, psychology background where you're pretty much blank canvas. Well, no, that like one way to be is blank canvas, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's so many other ways to be, but there is that like imprint of, you know, don't share. Don't self-disclose, don't share. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I found myself sharing things on that podcast that I'm like, <laughs> like, am I really sharing about the UTI I had? <laughs> or am I really sharing about this like relationship pattern that I found in myself or this trigger that I had? Okay. Yes, I'm doing it because it feels alive for me. And that's kind of what's drawn people to the podcast. Yeah. So it sounds like you have this really, um, beautiful balance going on of not only providing healing and space for other people, but also really doing a lot of self-work to make sure that, you know, you're caring for yourself in a way that allows you to have that availability for other people. Very much. I, I really believe it that um, I'm good at what I do because it's in my bones. I have done so much self-work. It's... <laughs> You know, there was a time I was addicted to it. So <laughs> it was like, this is fun for me and painful. And like, but um, I have done so much in, in terms of clinical work for myself, like therapy, psychotherapy and EMDR. And then I moved into some more like spiritual practice and somatic work, which is um, all of that healing work really intertwines or just brings me the ability to be present and have capacity for what people are experiencing without trying to to like interfere with their process, but let them, their process unfold. Yeah. Which is lovely. It's lovely. Especially I think um, when people think about healing processes, right. Or they think about things like therapy. Um, I think there's definitely a connotation that comes to mind. And the fact that you're kind of busting open what that can actually look like um, isn't just, I think, great and innovative of itself, but I think it really opens the door for it to be more culturally adaptive for people that mm -hmm. 
who who want to engage in some healing processes, but when they go see a, a provider or a clinician and that provider is only trained in the, you know, the evidence-based rigorous treatments and they're not getting what they need. Um, I think it's really great that you're offering that for them. Yeah. And I think the the really beautiful part of that that I want to share with everyone that's listening too is that um for me, it's been really about what makes me feel good and feel like I enjoy this. And if you're looking at whatever you thought you were going to be doing with your degree or your learning, your skills and feeling like, I don't know, <laughs> like, or, or like, <laughs> this just doesn't feel right. Like, these are the good questions to ask, you know, what feels right? And if it feels important and beautiful to bring in certain things that weren't part of your training or your education, do it because that's, you have a unique, each person I believe has a unique way of being in this world that, um, and gifts to bring that we don't necessarily see out there yet. And that's part of why we're each here to bring something forward that's different and not to be pressured about that, but just to be natural in who you are and um, what really feels right. So if it is that clinical, very clinical, like way, then go for it. But if, if there's something else that's tickling you, see how you can incorporate it into whatever you decide to do. Absolutely. And so I think the fact that you have really um, done so much work to carve out this path for yourself, what, what do you feel like were the steps that it took for you to get there? And I'm, I'm thinking both kind of personally, but also like what education did you need to get? What kind of trainings did you need? I mean, did you, was it traditional trainings? Like you went to school or was it a lot of exploration? I mean, you did a lot of traveling. Was there, um, you know, knowledge that you picked up along that path that helped kind of facilitate where you're at now? What did that, what did that trajectory look like for you? It's been quite a long one. You know, I may look pretty young, but I am 38. And so there have been a lot of trainings, a lot of education, and a lot of traveling. I'm glad you mentioned that piece. Um, I first started with uh, an undergrad degree in art education, Bachelor's of Fine Arts. And I went into six years of teaching art to middle schoolers. And the way I taught it was very community-based. We did some big projects and it was beautiful And how it weaves into my life now is so interesting. I mean, you can see a little bit of artwork here. I still like that um, in my life just for myself, but it has woven into how I express uh, what I do and how I see people as like moving art. This beautiful unfolding of who you are and the layers the layers that you're peeling away or the layers that you're moving around and understanding. So. that has informed my philosophy on healing and how I see people and given people a different way to feel in, in presence around therapy or healing. Um, it was scary to leave something so good as an art teacher. I had it great. <laughs> and um, I loved what I did. I also was an overachiever and kind of burned myself out. But I had this inkling and a kind of yearning to do something that first wasn't going to give me a headache because that happened but um to 
I felt like there was another gift that I could do work one-on-one with people or in small groups to deeply heal and to deeply know themselves, to find their self-expression in whatever way. And I wasn't sure how that would look at all. And uh, I was seeing a therapist and I would keep touching back in on this thought that maybe I should be a counselor. And I would have these like knowings and then I'd, it'd disappear. But she would remind me, yeah, you said this in 2009, <laughs> 2000, and whatever. I don't know the dates, but she would just kind of piece it together with me. Yeah. Which is why that's so helpful, I think, you know, to have someone hold your history with you too. And um, I took the leap and went to grad school. And that's when I studied clinical psychology in Chicago at the Illinois School of Professional Psychology, which is now a different construct itself now. But um, that was a lovely experience. I jumped in and was terrified of like losing the stability I had, but knew there was something for me. And as soon as I got there, I knew I was going to do the doctorate. And so I did the master's, went into the doctorate. And then one day I was literally doing a sand tray with these pieces (laughs) of my life. Yoga was important. I had been studying yoga. I had been studying Ayurveda and very integrative embodied practices, EMDR, and got some training in it. I studied, I began to study family constellations. And when I found that, I was like, I'm like, this is a whole language that completely is me. Whoa. It really and that's what made me. You. Yeah. And that's what made me do that sand tray. And that day I was looking at my CRP notes, this, like what we call the dissertation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this. You know, everyone has, <laughs> not everyone, but most people have some dread about that. Yes. I thought maybe that's normal or what. and suddenly the sand tray experience just like blasted me with this knowing I had to quit this ID program and get started on my own, get started with the work that I want to do and create, which this pathway wasn't really going to give me, even though it would have been a beautiful education as well. So from there, I decided to um, just complete what I needed for my licensure as an LPC And I had supervision with uh, someone in Chicago and was in a private practice there for two and a half years. I worked with families. I worked with kids. I worked with adults. And I started to feel like I was moving towards adults more so in couples. And during that time, I still had this knowing I was, there was something different for me that was self-designed. And I had began my own website And I started to have my own clients from the yoga practice. And yoga, I I don't just see as like physical poses. Mm -hmm. I was working with the deeper practices, like who are you being in this world? So there's such a crossover with healing or psychotherapy or any sort of consciousness-based work. And um, after those two and a half years, or kind of at the end, I, I just started to know I wanted to travel. And had to work out how was I going to work this. And so I decided I wasn't going to use my license, but I still have it. And that I would go by certain like other ethical codes 
um, through family constellations and somatic experiencing, which I had um, began the training as well and finished it most recently. Um, and that's kind of where I land here, where I have been, I'm at, in Michigan right now, but for the last three years, I have been traveling to uh, many different countries and living in different spaces, including like Australia, Spain, Germany, Bali, Indonesia, Thailand, um, and a handful of other places. Yeah. And thinking about, again, I, I think the traditional way of getting education is, is great. There's certainly utility in that, but um, I also think ed education that you glean and kind of pick up from traveling um, is also just so incredibly important. And if people have the opportunity to to travel, I think that's always a, a such a fruitful experience to get. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm really curious, you know, as you were traveling to all of these different countries and experiencing the different cultures and practicing um, within those cultures, you know, what kind of, um, you know, bits of knowledge did you pick up? And also what kind of challenges did you encounter? I, I completely agree with you. If you have the opportunity to travel or you want to, maybe make the opportunity for yourself. Yeah. Do it because there's so much, you know, for lack of better words, embodied experience that comes with it that you may not even be able to name as you move into the next thing or as you're there. But um, to me, it feels just like more literally, I have seen more. I've experienced more. I see different ways of being and living. And that's what, what would challenge me is when I would think about the point of view that I've grown up in, in Michigan, mostly a little bit in Chicago. Um, I am Chinese, so I have a cultural thread of that, but I'm largely living in white America mm -hmm. and especially where I grew up. So going to different parts of Asia or Europe where their ideas are of on how, like what satisfies them or how they might live or um, how they flow through the world, like the pace. It's so different everywhere. And for me, I just would like energetically take it in. When I first went to Thailand, I was like, wow, people are just so slowly here. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was confronting because I was moving at a different pace. But then eventually I was like, yes, I'm going to lean into purposelessness, just not having an agenda and flowing through and following my intuition and surrendering to what guides me, which is not something we're really taught here. No. In fact, I think oftentimes we're chastised for that. It's not even yeah. that we're not taught it. We're, that's really kind of... Um, kind of pushed out, I think. Yes. Yes. I have been told like, oh, you don't have any goals. And there's a little bit of shame or criticism that comes with it. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to follow <laughs> where I'm guided. <laughs> and just the simplicity of like the basic needs being so much more treasured and important. This is how my perspective was mm -hmm. in Thailand. I got to really dip into that and learn it. And I felt like I could bring that to my work with my clients 
I could share it on the podcast. And really, I felt like I was offering an energetic download of something. Like, I'm, I'm feeling immersed in this. Let me offer that energy to you and you can feel into it however you can. So um, that's one way I digest experiences. But there were ways I was thinking about things too. Like, why are we calling certain countries third world? And there's this connotation that it, they're worse off and they're building to something better. Mm-hmm. And whose language is that? And yeah. when I am in that country, are they experiencing suffering like we think they are? What is that? And and I really was confronted in Bali where there's a lot of tourist exploitation and kind of like appropriation of culture and spirituality that a lot of people come for. Yeah. That gives me a weird feel like, oh, I don't know if I want to buy into that or be part of that. And I was wondering, like, what are people doing here? <laughs> what is this? And just trying not to lay my own judgments on it, but get curious and discover things um, and discover, you know, the benefits of what people are choosing there and the, you know, the things that are also being brought upon them that may not be good. So it's hard to explain right now the details <laughs> without going like really off into that world. But um, it really feels like if you're, my thoughts for people traveling are that if you are there and something piques your interest or, or hooks you or triggers you, all of that is rich material or richness that just is going to enhance who you are and um, is an asset to anything that you do. Yeah. It's, it's about who you are and how you're developing and what you can, um, ways you can see in different ways then. Yeah. And I, I like that you said, not only are you learning about other ways of being, um, because even though I think oftentimes we talk about the United States as being this culturally diverse um, nation, right? I think often there's still only that lens of there's one way of being, um, which is Mm -hmm. inaccurate. So I think Mm -hmm. it's really great getting that experience of seeing other ways of being, but I think it then also opens us up as individuals, but also as providers of other ways of being within ourselves, but also other ways of being within that client-therapist relationship, um, which is, Mm -hmm. I think, just so, so expansive, which is you know, fantastic. Absolutely. There's just so many ways you can be. And there are ways we're taught like sort of frameworks so that we can, in my opinion, see if we're really jiving with that or not, or if you need to break that construct for yourself in your life, because there's so many different kinds of therapists or practitioners out there doing it their way. And there's really no right way. And you're going to attract you know, if this is the kind of work you decide to do, you're going to attract the people eventually, or if you're dipping into your own worthiness of that, that really match you. Yeah. No matter what, it, what it looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I know we kind of talked about um, like the skills and the competencies, and I think some of the, you know, intrinsic abilities that, you know, you need in order to be, um, I don't want to say successful because I don't think it needs to always be successful, but that you need in order to kind of pursue this, um, this path. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if we can talk maybe more intentionally about the skills that you feel like 
have helped you along the way, um, the skills and the abilities that you would encourage others to either explore within themselves or maybe explore within their environment that could maybe help them even get started on a similar path if that's something that feels right for them? Absolutely. Um, I feel like everything I've learned really is woven into what I do now. And that's just such a general statement. But um, to be more specific, I think my greatest skill for myself is the ability to navigate what I'm feeling and what I um, intuit as right for me and aligned for me so that I can take the steps to design that for myself and create it. In, in what I've done, it does require a lot of self-knowing and risk-taking and the, um, the feeling that you can take that leap of just putting yourself out there in a certain way, in the way you want to. And how is it that you want to? <laughs> and um, with that, navigating all the fears that come up and all the triggers and all the bumps um, I've worked with my own worthiness. Like, am I worthy of enjoyment? Am I worthy of money? <laughs> am I worthy of, am I just worthy as a human being? Am I okay in this world? Um, so a lot of work with self-love. And on the other hand, working with very logical and practical things like the business world. How do I manage money? How do I market? How do I step into that world? And for me, it's not been very traditional. I, I consider it more like a conscious business because I still flow differently. Like I never made a business plan. I just started to feel into what was my passion or what brought me alive and asked myself, well, what's the next step? Or got guidance from people and listened to what they did. And little things would just percolate. So um, tools of the business world, navigating communication, and just how do I share with people what I'm doing? Or communicate when they challenge me that, you know, they don't like my rate. Or... <laughs> um, how do I explain to people what I do when it's so embodied? And even if it's not embodied, you know, when it was less embodied, how do I explain it anyway? Yeah. And then there were skills like time management and taking care of myself. And um, because I don't have someone telling me what the structure is, to be able to navigate that structurelessness and how much structure I want. Yeah, so it sounds like, um, I think what you said, I think one skill is certainly knowing your worth, knowing um, and setting boundaries around that to protect that, because I think without some some of that self-worth and self-love um, and self-confidence and self-esteem, it will make whatever you do in this field incredibly harder if you are not actively and intentionally protecting that. Um also, I think the the business side of things is something that doesn't frequently get talked about in this field. Um, mm -hmm. You go to school and you get the education and nobody tells you how to do things like start your own business or um, market your, yourself in a way that can really help you get 
the clients and get you to do the work that feels most uh, aligned with you. So I think those are really great kind of things to point out is, you know, be true to yourself and follow and listen also to the advice of people that you trust. Um, I think those are really great skills to, to highlight. In the work that you do, what is something that you find to be um, most rewarding and what would be something that you find perhaps more challenging? It is the best feeling to, <laughs> to see my client like transform before my very eyes in the sense like that they're in charge of their own healing. They're using the, like the suggestion I'm offering or the support that I'm offering and that transformation is happening for them and they come to their own realizations. They come to their own feeling in their body of more of themselves. And when I'm in that flow, it's just sweet sweetness. And I, I'm so energized, but in a peaceful way. Um, it's very rewarding in the most essential way to me. It's sort of like, I get to be here and witness this and be part of this journey with this person and how sacred that is. So that I love. The most challenging thing. Well, it, that changes so much. Um, the challenge over the years has been to shed and shift my way of being into one that really feels more aligned to me and the things I had to shed were all these constructs of the the shoulds like how it should be and even my aspirations like I wanted wanted to write a book I wanted to create a whole program online for people to enter in that was more like passive income and where I could offer my wisdom and they could take it at their own pace mm. all these things ideas sounded good but then did I really want to do them and to shed and sort out what was me what was truly me and giving me fulfillment and peace and satisfaction and the things I wanted to feel because what the next person wants to feel is going to be totally different that that's the, been the challenge over the years the good challenge because then I get to more of myself yeah. and the current challenge is is and I don't know if I'd call it a challenge but just something I make I'm making peace with is that more of my energy is going towards my relationships in my life fun pleasure having peace and less towards building my practice and business in a very direct way whereas before I was building it more so and I I just love that I got here <laughs> And I appreciate what I've done to get here. And it's um, it's been just embracing, this is what I want right now. And other people want different things. And so sometimes I feel a little pressure, like maybe I should be doing a workshop. <laughs> maybe I, you know, I can right now, I have time. And then it's like, nope, you want to just go and have fun and enjoy. And I'm reminded, this is the last thing I'll say, <laughs> I'm reminded of uh, this healer that I worked with, that I'm working with. Um, she, I don't remember who it was, so I can't credit it in the right way, but she was listening to a business, like a conscious business 
consultant or practitioner. And they said that the way they were, their business plan was to go sit in the grass and let the bugs crawl all over her and soak in the sun. And that just, to me, reminds me that everything I do to create, to like satisfy myself and to create the feeling I want to have in my life does have an impact on my business, does have an impact on my practice and my clients and who I'm attracting then. And I see it as well. Like I'll get a swoop of clients (laughs) that are just like fitting that kind of intention. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. trusting, trusting that the flow will happen. Mm -hmm. The the trust is hard, um, certainly, Mm -hmm. but kind of leaning into the uncertainty and knowing that it will be taken care of, um, I think is, is a beautiful place to, to continue to work on and, and get towards. Um, so what advice would you have for any student who might be interested in, you know, really kind of any of the breadth of the field that you're in, whether that's somatic work or family constellations work? Um, so either specific advice you would have for students that are, you know, specifically interested in those kind of realms Mm -hmm. or advice that you have for any student really that is you know maybe coming up on graduation or thinking about you know what classes do I want to take or what other kind of ventures do I want to pursue to fill out and fill in some of the areas of my education um, that'll help me help me on the path that I want to continue down if you're inclined to do so my advice is to listen to those little whispers or those little feelings of like attraction towards whatever that is and just take one step towards those things because you never know what that unfolds to be for you it may lead you to the thing that's right it that may not be it it may lead you to the next thing and then to the next thing or it may be it <laughs> and just to follow those little tickles that feel like oh, wouldn't it be cool if I did this? And to take those a little bit more seriously where you, if you don't, and if you already do that, then good. And you're already doing that. (laughs) Just keep following yourself because um, we are unfolding, you know, day to day and things change day to day. And I feel that our best guide is what's revealing itself from inside of us. Our best guide for satisfaction that is of your kind um but if you're more structured or more you know in a coming from a pragmatic that just doesn't fit you <laughs> then then just take one step to explore whatever you think might have some potential for you or idea like any idea that um has come to you one step and then just see and you can always change your mind you know, mm-hmm. just remembering that one step doesn't mean it's it's everything. And um, to remember that, you know, I want to say to remember that you have time because sometimes we feel urgency and we need to get something done. Sometimes you may feel like you really don't have that time or you have to do something now or you have to make money now or you have to decide or something and see if there's, evidence for you in the very most basic way that tells you you do have more time or that you're safe or that you're taking care of like even that you're sitting here breathing right now 
and um, reminding your body you're safe to explore the next thing for yourself. Maybe that's a way that can help you just whenever you feel that way, if, if that's where you go. Yeah. Lovely, lovely advice um, for a variety of reasons. I think it can be very anxiety provoking and um, that unknown and that uncertainty associated with graduating and, um, you know, what do I do next? And, you know, I think the, <laughs> the most awful question I remember getting when I was at this point was, so what's, what's, your, what's your plan now? What are you ah. doing? <laughs> right? and, no. um, so I think that's just such lovely advice to, you know, follow, follow the little tickle, like you said, and, you know, pursue some of those passions. And if you um, are uncertain about it, give it a try. And it's okay to change your mind. I think, you know, that, that opens up people for just so many different experiences, which I think is the best, the best kind of thing to, to pursue. Um, so for any students that might be interested in chatting with you or asking questions or getting some more information, what would be the best way for them to get into contact with you? If you want to just get a taste of things or experience some of the things I've shared, you can go to my website, CandiceWu.com. It's C-A-N-D-I-C-E-W-U.com. Um, and if you want to check out the podcast, you can go to the, my website slash podcast. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me directly, I welcome you to and feel free to. People share things with me all the time and you're welcome to. My email is embody at Um, If you decide to message me by phone, because you'll, you know, you'll see my phone number on the website. If I don't respond, WhatsApp me because I might be somewhere else in the world by the time you listen to this or when you do. But email is probably the safest way to go. Um, and I just wanted to like circle to what you said, Andriana, is that uh, about that uncertainty, just to give permission to be in the uncertainty, to be in the unknown is what I was really getting from, from what you were saying too. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we don't always leave very much room for that in society that question says it all right what are you going to do next yeah <laughs> and how about just like being in this moment where you gra just graduated or you finished this class or and just being there and being in that un unknown space of I don't know I don't know what's next mm -hmm. and maybe it feels uncomfortable or maybe it's delightful but here I am and I'm here and I'm here yes being present not always having to look ahead down the line um I think can be very grounding <laughs> particularly mm -hmm. at times of I mean in life in general but even at times of transition so yeah thank you so yeah. much Candice I really appreciate you taking time out of your day um to chat with us and just yeah share sharing your experience so thank you so much it's my pleasure thank you so much and that's the end of the interview. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have more questions for me, feel free to leave them in the comments below on YouTube or on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next time on the Embody podcast.